0: Doing. And so I want to give a talk today. This is not going to be a very long sermon. This is going to be very much like a homily or a short talk. And it's a talk that I gave to another organization specifically about burnout. About how to persevere in work and life and ministry and relationships and not burnout. And my prayer is that the Lord in His in His sovereignty wanted this to work out the way it did because it's something that we all could 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 use. It's something that we could all hear. And we'll be coming from Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to read all of Daniel chapter 3 this morning, so if you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn to Daniel chapter 3, you can do that, but it'll also be up on the screen for us as well. That's Daniel chapter 3, we're going to read the whole chapter, and this is the, this is the famous story of the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All and right. Let's read here. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 60 cubits wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the, the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshiped the image of of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time... Some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, pipe and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace... The God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement, And asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted and uh, and shouted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the most high God. Come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command, and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses burned, and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And this is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me, friends. Father, I do thank you for your providence. I do thank you that your plans are always for the prosperity of your people and the glory of your name. So as we pivot this morning, I pray in your mercy, Father, that you would grant me clarity and conviction of of speech, of the truth of your word. And Lord God, with clarity and conviction, I pray you'd grant me to be able to preach what you've given me. And Lord, Holy Spirit, would you cause your word to be effective in every heart and every mind present. I'm praying, Lord, that you would speak to every one of our hearts so that we may know the root of burnout, that we may know the root of feeling like we want to give up, that we may know the root of whatever is contrary to our perseverance and preservation. And, Lord, may we find in you the means, Lord God, of continuing to move forward. To the glory and the honor of your name, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we have one slide this morning. It's only one slide. And I'm not sure how well you can see it. I've actually given this, this um, illustration in a sermon one time. But if you look closely, you can see that it says, please God. But if you look even closer, you'll notice that there is a red mark through the comma, right? So that please God becomes please God. And the story that's attached to this is a story of one of my teachers. Uh, he talks about, um, well, for him, he was raised in church his whole life. His mom was a pastor in United Methodist Church his whole life, and so she raised he and his brother in church their entire lives. The interesting thing about their relationship, though, was that um, they never really got along really well. Uh, he and his mom, although he was a faithful believer, for some reason he just didn't jive well with her, but... As she got older and sicker, the lot fell to him for her to move in with him so that he could take care of her toward the end of his life. Well, understanding how contentious their relationship was, it was pretty shocking to him when his mom died, and to use his words, he went into somewhat of an inner tailspin. Inwardly, he started to kind of nosedive, and he just was dealing with a lot of internal emotional and spiritual issues and he said that he was a wreck and he said that he just couldn't find any way to pull himself together so desperate to recover from whatever this this spin he was in after his mom died he said that every day for months every day he would pray psalm 51 specifically that part of the psalm that says renew a right spirit within me and he said every day for months he would pray please god Please, God, renew a right spirit within me. Well, he said one day as he went to pray his, his common prayer of please, God, he said that he was stopped short and he sensed the Lord telling him that what he sought would not be found in, in him continuing to pray, please, comma God, but what he sought, the relief he sought, would be found as he sought to Please, no comma, God. Now, the thing is about pleasing God is that it can be very hard when it seems like everything in your life is going wrong. Pleasing God can be very difficult when things in your life are not going the way you would like them to go. But I believe, brothers and sisters, that it's during these seasons of life that pleasing God is particularly important. And nobody in Scripture exemplified this idea of pleasing God in difficulty like these three Hebrew boys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, the story behind these three Hebrew boys is that a long time ago, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, they had completely just abandoned the ways of God. They were living really foul. They weren't taking care of each other the way God said to. They were worshiping other gods, which God said not to do, which God says was an abomination, something that God hated. And once God had enough of their rebellion against him, he sent in the kingdom of Babylon to kind of grab them, and take them out into what we call exile in the strange lands of Babylon. Now, everybody who was in the land at that point was exiled, but not everybody who was exiled was guilty of the sins of rebelling against God and worshiping other gods. Some were just guilty by association, right? They lived in the land, and so they had to go To Three of these people were these Hebrew boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to speak for you, so I'll speak for myself. If I had been Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I would have been particularly upset with God because here I am having not done the things that my fellow Jews had done, and here I am being carted off to these strange lands in Babylon, along with the rest of them. It would have been quite difficult for me to have continued to want to please God and live the way he called me to live. But not for these boys. When life seemed to be at its most difficult, their response was to kind of double down in pleasing God, to double down in being committed to living the way he called them to live, no matter the consequence. And when we look in chapter 3, chapter three that we just read, we learn that The king of Babylon, he had determined that everybody in the kingdom, for whatever reason, was supposed to worship this golden image that he'd created. What's more, he said that if anyone would not worship the image, he'd throw them in a furnace to get burned up. Well, when word got to the king about these three boys who refused to worship, when word got to the king and these boys stood before the king, and they were, they were met with the danger of being thrown into a fiery furnace, these three boys stood tall, held their ground, and said to this king in his face, King, do to us what you will, but we cannot do the thing you've asked us to do, because it will be in violation of the God we serve. So be it. And sure enough, the king took them, bound them up, And threw them into the furnace. But here's the crazy thing that happened. Instead of these boys being burned up, God jumped into the fire with them. They were not spared being thrown into the fire. So God joined them in the fire. Y'all see... We may not be spared being thrown in the fire, but what God has promised to do is join us while we're in there. All right, y'all sleeping. Now get the coffee. I'm done. Praise the Lord. Life presents us with challenges that seem like they're going to take us out. No one is exempt. Life will throw challenges like this to every single one of us. Just live long enough. Work seems unbearable, family, marriage, school, whatever. However, I'd like to offer you, I'd like to offer us the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to show that the answer to making it through the fire without being burned up or burnt out is to develop a keen sense of what God is calling you to do in that season. Who is God calling you to be? What is God calling you to do? And then commit yourself to fulfilling that. I think that one of the main causes of burnout is persisting in doing or pursuing something that God hasn't called you to do. Or pursuing a personhood that God has not called you to be or live into. And so when we realize that we're doing things that God hasn't called us to do, the best thing for us to do is to ask why. Right? Who are we trying to please? What is our true motive and motivation for doing the work that we do, whatever it may be? This doesn't mean necessarily that you're working the wrong job or, or that you're married to the wrong person. It may just mean that whatever is going on relationally, work-wise, that you have to realign your mission with what God has called you to do instead of whatever has taken the place of pleasing God through your work or your relationships or your ministry or whatever. From experience, I can tell you that one of the most common things that takes the place of pleasing God is seeking to please people. Trying to be or do what you think everyone wants you to be or do instead of what God or who God is calling you to be or do. Another thing that takes the place of pleasing God often is seeking things from God that are not promised. Right. We say things like, well, I've been living so faithfully for God and he hasn't done fill in the blank. So I'm out on all this Jesus stuff. But the question is, has God promised that thing? And a quick way to be burned up and burned out is to live your life based on a non-expressed promise. On a promise that God has not given you. Friends, let us realign our hearts and motivations to pleasing God and trusting in his expressed promises above all else. And prayerfully, we will experience times of refreshing from the Lord in the places where we've been tempted to give up. My prayer is that we will experience the Lord joining us in our fire so that we're not burned up or burned out. And here's the great part. The greatest part, brothers and sisters, that when we go through the fires of life, we know that Jesus has already gone through them. Jesus actually took the fire and overcame the fire. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus tells his disciples who are about to go through some of the most fiery trials of their lives. He says, I have told you these things. All these terrible things that are about to happen, he says, listen, I've told you them beforehand so that in me you'll have peace. He says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. Friends, I feel like when we are going through the fire, the, the most difficult thing to hold on to are the promises that we have in Jesus' resurrection and return. I'll say that again. I think that when we are going through the most difficult seasons of our life, the most difficult things to hold to are the promises that we have through Jesus' resurrection and return. But I want to say this to you. The key to making it through the most difficult moments of our lives is holding on to the promises of Jesus' resurrection and return. Because it's only there that we have the promise of him overcoming all that we're going through. I didn't say that was easy. I didn't say that was easy. But friends, that's what we strive for. That's what I'm praying for, for all of us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word this morning. And Lord, I do pray in your mercy, Father, that you would grant each of us the grace to truly rest in the promise that we have through your resurrection and of your coming again, Jesus. May it be so real to us, God, I pray, especially in those seasons that it's difficult to hold on to them. I give you the glory and the honor. I just want to lift up any heart that's heavy, Father. Any heart that's heavy right now. I'm just praying, Jesus, that the truth of the resurrection, the truth of eternal life, the truth of you coming and making all things right, of renewing all things to be as you'd always desire. would grant us peace. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise.